0: Do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Shift your focus and how you view and engage the world and creation. Invite others to come and see and experience. This has been our framework over the past few weeks as we have looked at how to live into the incarnation of Jesus Christ as we have come through a Christmas season and asked the question, so what? And we've looked at the the new life that we are given in and through Jesus Christ. That we are called to do, as St. Athanasius said, God became man so that man might become like God. And we are we are called to strive and to seek to be more like what we see reflected in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And this morning we're given a new kind of framework as we've looked through this framework of of incarnation and and what it is that that it calls us to do we are now being given a framework of how to communicate with God how to engage with our Lord and today we're going to look at this idea of the power of prayer and it's appropriate that we look at this on the heels of discussing invitation and transformation Because prayer is our acceptance to the invitation, and it is our invitation for God to fill us with God's power and love and hope and grace and peace as we seek to align and entrust our very lives to God. And so we hear these words discussing prayer in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have already received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, this idea of what we are taught to do in prayer uh, is one that has become so rote on many of our hearts and minds, if you heard me even reading the scripture, that I almost just went straight on through the Lord's Prayer, even though that section is not in the scriptures. But, but this idea of prayer is something that we really need to understand why and what we pray. There's an ancient Latin phrase that says Lex orandi, Lex Credenda, Lex Vivendi. And it translates to say that what is prayed is what is believed and that is what is lived. Or, or what we pray shapes what we believe, which in turn defines how we live. Do you believe that? Is prayer this important, this this integral to who we are and who we are becoming? I remember growing up when I was in third or fourth grade. Um, my family was building a house, and I can remember going out to where the house was going to be, and we would walk, and we walked through the framework. And as we did, you know, I was young and my parents were trying to explain to me, well, this is where your room's going to be. This is where the bathroom's going to be. This is where the kitchen's going to be. And, you know, I, to some extent I could see it. I understood. But as the walls went up, it became more real. And as we, as we moved in and, and decorated it and made the a, a, a house a home, it, it became our own. It, it became Mine. My room, not just a room. My house, not just some concrete slab with two-by-fours. And, and I think this is what we see in Jesus laying out for us as a framework for prayer. That, that it, it, is, it is shifting this idea of, of just, oh, okay, I know what to pray, but we are being called to understand deeper more fully why we pray and then our prayers become our very own. The, the structure that Jesus puts in place is one that he then calls you to live into and as we live into the prayer framework that Jesus puts into place it becomes more real, more authentic, and more comfortable for who we are, more yours. Jesus begins our section of Scripture by pointing out that prayer is not about being seen and acknowledged by others. It, it isn't about using flowery language or, or showing off some vast vocabulary and these wonderful phrases. But it's about being authentic and honest with your Creator. It's about coming in conversation in relationship. It's about saying what you mean and meaning what you say. Robert Benson, um, author, theologian, would say, says that the fundamental thing is whether the words of prayer and praise are uttered in sincerity and truth. If you actually mean what you say. And Jesus goes on and says, that, pray then like this. He doesn't necessarily say that we have to pray this He does not say this is word for word what we should say although you can and i think, and we do many times and that is fine because it is a authentic and, and deep prayer if we know what the words actually mean but what jesus is laying out for the disciples and for us is a blueprint a framework if you will for prayer and, and for many uh, of us we we've, we've lost sight of what prayer truly is or, or why we even do it uh, and and nt wright says of prayer that at its lowest it, it's shouting into a void and some off chance that there may be someone listening and sometimes i think we can find ourselves in that spot where we we just feel like we're just screaming out into an abyss we 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 say things like the least we can do is pray and we we don't really think anything's gonna happen we don't really expect anything to happen it's just what we do but N.T. Wright goes on and says, at its highest, it merges into love as the presence of God becomes real. that, That we pass beyond words and into a sense of his reality and generosity and delight and grace. And what a beautiful depiction of what prayer should be and can be. That if we were to really move into a time of prayer, merging into the love and presence of God, that it wasn't just something that we do because we've grown up being taught to pray, being taught our Father, being, being taught our nightly prayers, being taught to pray over our food. But it is that idea that we move into the presence of God, our Creator, who longs to hear us, who longs to be in relationship with us. And as we do so, the sense of this reality of God's generosity and delight and grace for us is exposed and this is why when we hear in Jesus in the framework uh, the first half is is pointing to God and who God is and what God is doing because it doesn't start or if it doesn't start there it can't we can find ourselves falling into this trap of, of prayer being all about us concentration on ourselves and if we miss that it is about God then it can stop being prayer at all and just lead to random thoughts, fears, longings of our own mind. It can just be a rambling to self. Or as Leonard Ravenhill says, Prayer is not an argument with God to persuade him to move things our way, but it is an exercise by which we are enabled by his spirit to move ourselves his way. It's a a reminder uh, of who we are and where we need to be moving and shifting—it's this idea of of being transformed. Of, of where it is that we are focusing things. And so often when we come to God in prayer, we are focusing on ourselves and on our on wants and desires and agendas. And, and, and what we hear at the very beginning is it's not about us, it's about God. And so when we come to God in prayer, our, our prayer is to, to remind us who God is and who we are and saying God, align us with your will and your way, your love and your grace and your mercy. And then Jesus moves on in this framework that Jesus knew that we would need. He says, here's your Heavenly Father waiting and longing for you to use this day by day. And that as you you grow in this knowledge of love and service of Him, you may make this your very own. But Jesus is laying the framework for authentic prayer. He's saying, this is where it begins. Now, as you grow in relationship, it's kind of like when you first meet someone and you you know certain things about them. You just you talk about those things that you know you all have in common. But as you grow in relationship, you you're, you feel more free to be authentically you, and that's what what we see in prayer. Is that, is that sometimes we come and we go, okay, I have to pray these exact words because this is what we hear. And But as we get to know God, we can come and be real and vulnerable and authentic because we know that before words on our tongue, God knows what we will say, that God knows our very hearts, God knows us better than we know ourselves. But Jesus, knowing that we don't just innately jump in to this deep relationship, says here's a framework. Start off with our Our Father. Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's, that, it's that, uh, that agenda of, you're God, I'm not. You're in charge, I'm not. It's that humbling of ourselves that, that we are in the presence of the, the creator of the universe. That we should come humbly and be amazed at the ability to even be in this place where we can interact and we can speak with God. And it says, your kingdom come, and your will be done. Not my own, but yours, O God. Shift my focus. The the desire of prayer is for the kingdom of God to become fully present. Not not for the people of God to be snatched away and taken up into heaven. But for it to come here. For earth. To fully understand the glory and beauty of heaven. To be turned into this earthly reality. It is this idea of God, let let all that we know and proclaim of your love and your grace and your mercy of being in your presence be present now. Not something that we have to strive for on that side of eternity, but something that we can live into now. Your kingdom come and your will be done in my life today. That I may abide in you, O God. That I may seek your will. Give us today our daily bread. Is that idea that that God don't give I I think I deserve sometimes way more than I actually do. God, just give me what I need. You you know our need, you know what it is that I need to sustain me. God, you are the provider of all that will sustain. And so, God, just give me what it is that I need, not what necessarily what I want. He goes on, he says, forgive us of our trespasses. This is that idea of you, O God, are are the only one who can forgive our sins and our transgressions uh, because they are against you. So we come, O God, confessing and repenting of those ways in which we have strayed from who you call us to be, those ways in which we have sought our own kingdom and our own will those ways in which we have stored up things and we have taken more than we need When when we pray, give us our daily bread, and we say, but I want a little bit more as well so that others don't have. Oh God, we come asking you alone to forgive us because our sin is against you. But then there's this shift that says as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, as we forgive our debtors, and this is a humbling thing that as we pray this, we are saying, God, forgive us in the manner in which we forgive. Which is terrifying for many of us. Because if we're honest, we're not the best at forgiving. And so it is shifting our hearts and saying, God, as I pray this, shift my, my heart, my mind, that I, may fo- that I may see those that I have not forgiven and, act- and move me to act in love and forgiveness and grace and mercy. Lead me not into temptation. Protect my heart that that I would not be tempted to do anything but your will. Shift my focus, O God, that I would not be so focused on the ways of this world, but I would seek what I am called to, O God, and I would not necessarily go, oh, well, I'm missing out on this, but I would be focused on what I am gaining by being in your presence and deliver us from evil. Remove us from the evil one, O God, from his grasp that we may live and abide in your light. How does this framework for prayer tie into what we've looked at over the past few weeks of living into the incarnation? This idea of God, your kingdom come and your will be done is transforming our mind to be at peace with God's desire and ways over our own. God, you give us... Our daily bread is, God, I'm entrusting my very life to you. I'm not focusing on the world that says I need more, 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 more is best, but I'm trusting that you will give me and sustain me for what I need, oh God. And as we forgive, it's it's shifting our hearts and our minds and how we live. So is this idea of leading us not into temptation. It's saying, God, shift my focus. You see, the shift of prayer is this idea that as we live into the incarnation, we go, you know what, God, as I'm living in, as I'm seeking to be more like Jesus Christ day by day, I know that it means pursuing after you, entrusting my life to you, seeking after what it is that you desire for me. So humble me, O God, that I would hear your call and pursue after it this day. And God, in those ways that I've fallen short, I I repent, I I confess to you, and I seek to turn from Deliver me, O God, that I may seek with courage and strength to be who it is that you are calling me to be. This is the power of prayer as we live into the incarnation, that it is, as we wake every day, as we go throughout our days, to say, God, lead me and guide me, that I may be more obedient disciple today. Amen? Amen.